Hello, everybody. It's me here, Emma. Miss Happy New Year to you all. Um, I can't believe that we have been doing this podcast for over a year now. That's amazing, isn't it? I'm just amazed at myself for the consistency. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking about a few different things today. Um, so some of the things that might be coming up over Christmas and New Year, entering into that new phase. There's something lovely about a fresh year, isn't there? It feels like there's a world of opportunity out there. And I don't mean that from a productivity. We're going to, you know, change the world next year. I just mean we just have a lot of options. And there's an opportunity to sort of clear some things out and get ready to embrace put one step in front of the other and to step into this extraordinary experience of being midlife AS. If you're a woman in midlife whose intuition is telling you that giving booze the elbow might be the next right move, then Midlife AF is the podcast for you. Join counsellor, psychotherapist, this naked mind and grey area drinking alcohol coach Emma Gilmore for a weekly natter about parenting quirky teens, menopause, relationships and navigating this thing called midlife alcohol free. If you're feeling that life could be so much more, that you're sick and tired of doing all the things for everyone else, if your intuition is waving her arms manically at you saying it could all be so much easier if we didn't have to keep drinking, Come with me. Together we'll find our groove without booze. I lovingly acknowledge the Boonarung people of the Kulon Nation as the custodians of Kurt Barok. I share my admiration for the Aboriginal culture. I witness the connection that they have for each other and the land and their community. As I swim in the waters and walk on the land, I feel the power of this place. I'm grateful for the Aboriginal people's amazing custodianship, the power, beauty and the healing potential of this place. I wish to pay special respects to the elders of the Boonarong people. Their wisdom, guidance and support are exceptional and felt well beyond the Aboriginal community. I honour that this is Aboriginal land and that it has never been ceded. I am committed to listening to the Aboriginal community and learning how I can be an active ally in their journey to justice. Hello, my beautiful humans, and Happy New Year. What a wonderful thing it is to be able to be here for you guys and for my group and to be together in this community that is full of like-minded, beautiful humans looking for a different way, another way. This way isn't working for us, is it, right? That's why we're here. <laughs> it's been a really interesting Christmas and New Year for me. We have taken it very slow. We've made no expectations, low expectations, and we're very lucky in that. To a certain extent, we don't have family here, neither of myself or my husband, Damien. And so that does definitely reduce for us the, um, I guess, the stress and the busyness and the peopling that might be involved in many 
of the people I work with's lives and can add that just that little extra bit of pressure that, to be honest with you, I don't think any of us need. <laughs> I don't know a person who needs extra pressure and stress in their life, do you? It's funny, I've been listening to a lot of people and I was thinking about this really interesting, I saw this post on Instagram and it said, it was like in the absence of the fucking village. And in this particular, it's like, you know, let the kids go on the iPads kind of thing. But I just thought it was so interesting because it aligns with so much, you know, this modern living, this productivity, this do, 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 do. We've got to be all these things in order to be okay. And what a big fat lie that is. And how, you know, this idea of the village, it, it doesn't exist. And yet it does exist in our communities. It exists in the communities that we create. And there's such a different energy to communities that are made up of humans who are seeking to work out the best way to do this thing called life that we cause as little harm to the humans in our world as possible. We've been really going through real big troubles for the last three years. Like we've got one kid with autistic burnout, chronic fatigue, can't get out of bed most of the time. Probably gets about five hours awake during the day. We've had all this trauma trying to get people in the medical profession and school to believe that our situation was real. And similarly with, you know, this all this situation with my eldest child as well. And then we've moved schools and now he's just really fatigued and he's struggling to go. And he's gone from being a sort of really good student with really good grades to being a sort of poor little thing who's just, you know, really scraping through. And the reason I bring it up is that, you know, this is so much part of life. I So I went through bullying at work and it nearly broke me. And it was only because I was 50 and going through midlife and I went, fuck this. And took them to court. And well, I'm not really supposed to talk about that. But that's another thing, isn't it? We sign away our ability to talk about what happens. And yet it happens to everybody. And none of these people ever get held accountable for what they do and the havoc they create and the broken humans that are left in their wake. But the beautiful thing is that generally, if we're able to, I mean, I sat up with my kid last night and again, trigger warning, please, before I do, because he was frightened he was going to hurt himself. I had to sit up with him till the early hours in the morning so he could go to sleep. And this is all the effect of some humans. Anyway, I didn't mean to bring all that up, but I have. Um, because the other thing is like, you know, you're just like, well, they know so much about us. They must be people who we know in the community. It was interesting. So I went to a friend of mine who used to be part of my drinking friends. So I'm still with friends with afterwards, and I'm friends with a few people from that gang. 
it was her 50th birthday and it was really nice I went down I dressed up didn't stay for long but said hi gave everyone a cuddle and um and then left and just realized as well like I, I get a lot of my personal sustenance now from people that I've met since I was drinking but it was still really nice to connect with everybody but talking to everybody there it was like so many people are having so many issues with their kids and neurodiversity and school and not being able to attend and oh such a lot isn't it and everyone's like give me the top 10 tips for being alcohol free or you know can't you be funny someone said to me once can't you be funny does it have to be so deep all the time and I guess it fucking does have to be deep all the time because life's deep yeah life's deep that doesn't mean we can't have fun we can't have joy you know and just to change the subject almost completely I had the most amazing experience on just as the Saturday before in fact I might do the same tomorrow it's the Saturday before uh Christmas and I went down to this beautiful place with my group of my jellyfish friends called I think the place is Beaumaris and the beach was Ricketts Ricketts Point there's a whole bit of reef down there we went snorkeling oh so amazing weather was beautiful company was delightful so joyful so you know this is what life is right life is a mixture of joy and sadness, difficult times and good times. And a lot of our role as parents, as women, midlife is to try and is to try and be able to be with both without letting it overwhelm us. To me, it's like finding the whole point of this whole thing is like coming back to source, coming back to that original human being. And discovering that, peeling back all the layers of protection that we've put on over the years to keep us safe so that we could be loved when we were children and we could be rewarded and told we were good and made to feel like we mattered. But we're adults now. We don't need to do that anymore. And so this is, you know, I always talk about Brené Brown, this idea that we, at midlife, you know, the universe gives us a shake and says, if I'm not fucking around. And I don't know about you, but for me, when I had my kids when I were little, and again, because I was in that productivity cycle, I had all my values were kind of messed up. And I I would say that my children needed me less than that they need me now. But I don't know whether that's just a symptom of, you know, I was less aware. <laughs> and it's easy for us to sit and blame ourselves for where we end up and it's not helpful. And I don't really do that. I'm quite lucky in that way. My brain doesn't work like that. I don't think there's enough space. 
And I don't know how much information I've told you guys about this, but I got my autism diagnosis myself. Um, I actually got it back in September, but I've been working back and forth with the psychiatrist to kind of get it into to taking the data and get it into a place where it's usable for me and makes sense to me. And so I've been working with a few experts in that area so that I've got a really good report. But what's been so interesting has been this sort of going back to, it makes so much sense. Everything I've been listening to and reading, you know, says to me that a lot of women are coming in midlife to be diagnosed with autism or ADHD. A lot of the time they're just arriving exhausted. And I know women are exhausted anyway, but there's another level when you're caring for neurodivergent children and you're just exhausted all the time. And I know there's all these amazing people out there who specialize in this. But it's just like, you know, trying to do all this stuff. It's like, yeah, I know a I'm getting some beautiful people on the potty soon. And they've written a book on um, burnout and I'd love to talk to them. Um, integrative medicine people um, and I'm learning so much with Daisy now being diagnosed with um, chronic fatigue there's just so much isn't there like to try and work all this stuff out and it's really difficult to get an answer and I guess the other thing is you know the question is do we need fixing I mean there's that modern medical kind of idea that you know, we have a pain and we take something to make it go away. And that kind of buys into the alcohol thing as well, doesn't it? You know, we have a pain and we make it go away. And sometimes the pain's there for a reason. And that's, you know, I imagine that people would be like, what the fuck? And I used to get so mad at people when they used to say things like this, but you know, it's really interesting. I have been, I'm going to do a big overshare, but I have been going through an experience with my husband the last year where every time he raised his voice or got angry or got frustrated, I would go into complete shutdown. And I felt like, um, and again, this is all part of this journey for me. This is why it's so beautiful. And I love being with other women on this journey. And there's nothing wrong with it not being the top 10 tips. The top 10 tips is bullshit. There's no top 10 tips. Yeah. It's choosing you and choosing you again and learning a bit more and undoing some trauma and then being with it and going through grief and learning how to learning how to navigate this thing called life and going back to source to that human that we put away. And then receiving her and learning how to hold her power. I mean, what the fuck could be more cool and exciting than that? Yes, it's deep. Yes, there's tears, but there's laughter too. And look, I could talk so much more about this, but just really interestingly, I've been doing this piece called The Presence Process, which I'm doing with my group, Be the Lighthouse, which we'll, we'll probably do every quarter, I reckon. It's a 10-week process, and it's breathwork, basically. Um, and we do a book, and we go alongside the lighthouse. And 
it's two two instances of 15 minutes of breath work a day. And some really interesting things been coming up for all of us. Um, but it's very much around this whole idea that everything that we have, the somatic experience, you know, we hold everything in our body, we hold our trauma in our body. And Peter Levine says, you know, it's not trauma isn't, you know, what happens to you. It's something, this is his quote, I've got it slightly wrong. You know, it's the it's what happens inside you with the lack of an empathetic witness. And what that means is without you being able to tell somebody and them hold space for you, them hold you in the distress, them teach you how to be with yourself in your distress, to keep yourself so it doesn't overwhelm you, so you don't have to shut down, so you don't have to drink, so you don't have to have sex, go shopping, clean the house excessively exercise excessively diet or excessively work you know all these coping mechanisms that we have some of which society says are okay and some of which it says are very bad <laughs> um but with my husband i realized that the reason that i'd been i'd be getting more and more like the last time he was sort of having a, a anger moment which again you know in and of itself you shouldn't be having but Let's say we're all human. Um, and I realized that when I was I was doing this breath work and it came to me that when I was little and my, you know, my precious dad, who I love more than life itself, and who would, you know, never have done this if it wasn't what was done at the time, but used to used to smack us when we were when we when they believed we were naughty. And I don't think we were particularly naughty, we pretty good kids. <laughs> um but I remember, you know, I was just thinking about that and thinking about how terrifying that was as a child. I mean, I don't really remember that much about it, but I do remember once being in the bath with my sister, her doing something to annoy me, a dead screaming, and my dad coming in and smacking us and getting a smack on the legs when you're in the bath. <laughs> it's really painful. But it's just also this, just this idea of a grown man, like, coming in. And that's what I feel like when my husband blows up. It's like, and it's just really interesting to know that there's there's a reason. And what I need to be doing is number one, talking to my husband about not blowing up and keeping his temper, but also number two, but coming from a place of like holding myself in that, you know, I'm safe. I'm going to keep myself safe no matter what happens. If that means having difficult conversations, if that means whatever it means, I am here. You don't have to shut down. I'm not going to abandon you. We don't have to completely dissociate. We can do this together. And this is what it's all about. Anyway, that was a bit of a rambling. I hope it made sense. I hope it wasn't too depressing. And, um, I just wanted to say to all of you, I really, if you have the opportunity to have a chat to your kids about the impact of cyberbullying, please do. Um, anyway, back to, I just went off and I just drifted off there um, into a magical world where there was a village. Well, there is a village. There's a village in my groups and I am 
my, for anyone who's had 30 days at any point over the last sort of six months to a year, alcohol-free and is looking to move towards an alcohol-free life. So not moderating, not sober curious, but actually moving forward to an alcohol-free life. Um, I, it's a really good time for you to join my Be The Lighthouse program. We meet on a weekly basis. I do group coaching with the guys and we also have Marco Polo app so people can talk in real time and support each other. It's a very beautiful, supportive environment. Um, they get access to my alcohol experiments whenever I run them live, which is definitely two times, maybe three times next this year, or 2024. Um, but it's a beautiful, beautiful group. And we go really deep. And at the beginning of every session, we spend time with ourselves and we spend time with our our feelings, our emotions, and we learn how to be with ourselves in our distress. And we also focus on the question, you know, why would I, what is it that this offers me? Because there's always a reason for why we do what we do. Um, yeah, so I'm putting the price up for that next year. I have to put my prices up from a... Um, my family needs to make sure I need to make sure that I can um support my family as well um but I still have lots of free options so if any of you want um you can download my free um resources my awareness worksheet and my north star audio visualization which is about envisaging of how you'll feel when you have completed whatever your goal is with alcohol that's really really cool little resource they're all on my website um and then or also on the um the notes show notes and then you've got my self-paced 30 day alcohol experiment which is i think it's 47 bucks at the moment that's going to stay the same price um and then as part of that, when you join that or my five-day alcohol reset, you get the opportunity to join my Midlife AF group, which is a Facebook group. And I'm planning to go on and um, be on there and coach. I can't commit to a specific time at the moment because I just don't want to restrict myself in that way. Um, but I will definitely go on there once a day and coach anybody who wants to be coached on there. You don't have to buy my programs to be coached on there. So if you want to do dry January and you want to do it in a in a um, in a way that doesn't involve expending any cashola, which I understand is hard, come join Midlife AF, uh, my Facebook group, and I will come on there and we will be talking about it and we will be holding space for each other as we go through that month. Um. What else was I going to offer there? Oh, and if any of you want to do my one-to-one -one program, I'm offering it for the last time at the price of two grand. And that is where we work together. You can start it at any time over January and February 2024. It's a 30-day program. You do the self-paced Aussie alcohol experiment, but we will have a one-to-one -one session. And then we will be on Marco Polo every day and you will come on and tell me your reflections from the videos that you get every day, sharing the knowledge um, that I use to get alcohol free. 
and I will support you with listening to your reflection. So keeping you accountable, supporting you and giving you coaching. And I'll do that every day with you for 30 days until you have reached your goal of being alcohol free for 30 days and then making the next choice where you want to go next. And it's definitely an experiment. All my programs are experiments apart from Be the Lighthouse. And they're all, you know, it doesn't matter where you end up. It's where it's what feels good to you. You know, if you're just trying to want to take a break, if you're just interested, because the goal with my programs is always awareness rather than abstinence, awareness and self-compassion rather than abstinence and self-judgment. <laughs> um, I can't think of anything else right now, but it's all there for you and I'm here for you. And please come on, please send me messages. If you like the podcast, please give it a review. It will make so much um, difference to me being able to get out to more people and just wanting to send you so much love. All right. Take care, my darlings, and happy new year. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Midlife AF with Emma Gilmore. If you enjoyed it, please share on Instagram for your friends and tag me at Hope Rising Coaching. If you want to help me grow the podcast, please review the episodes for me on Apple Podcasts. That really helps. If you would like to work further with me, please go to my website, www.hoperisingcoaching.com for my free and paid programs or email me at emma at hoperisingcoaching.com. Sending a massive cuddle to you and yours from me and mine. And remember to keep choosing you.